Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. The gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I received full payment. We can we can shut off the music. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus. Don't ever name your child Epaphroditus. The gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And now watch this, verse 19. Verse 19 is one of those verses that, I mean, if you had uh, a, just a Pentecostal choir in the background and you had a nice little organ playing, we can go to church. You know what I mean? Uh, verse 19, it says, and my God will supply every need, every need, I love that, every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to 1 Timothy. If you have your Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 5 through 10. And it says, give this command to those who are rich with the things of this world. Tell them not to be proud. Tell them to hope in God and not their money. Money cannot be trusted, but God takes care of us richly. Can you say that with me? But God takes care of us richly. He gives us everything to enjoy and tell those who are rich to do good, to be good in good works and tell them that they should be happy to give and ready to share. By doing this, they will be saving up treasure for themselves and that treasure will be a strong foundation in which, watch this, in which their future life will be built. They will be able to have the life that is true life. Someone say true life. I just want to go back to this one scripture once again uh, in Philippians nine, uh, 4 verse 19. And it says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I, I, I just want... I want to share with you this message, and this is something that God has really placed in my heart for our church community. As I prayed this week, I felt the Lord really, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I really felt the Lord say, remind my people that I will supply all their needs. I think that deserves a greater amen to our king. Amen. If you believe that, give God some praise. Amen. He says, remind my people that I will supply all their needs according to my riches. Amen? I want you to write this down. This is today's sermon site, uh, title, part one of Munificent Series. Put your, you ever heard of that term, put your money where your mouth is? What does that mean? It means uh, typically that um, if you are ready to talk, talk about it, you better be ready to be about it. One thing I learned about Frank Torado is that he talked a lot about his basketball game, but he didn't just talk about it, he, he bees about it. You know what I mean? That boy could do everything on that court. You know what I'm saying? All around player. And he doesn't just talk about it, he bees about it. You know what I mean? I wanna talk to you about not put your money where your mouth is, but really put your trust where your God is. Because I think we could put our trust in our careers, we could put our trust in our jobs, we could put our trust in our finances, we could put our trust in people. But I think that if we would put our trust where our God is, oh my God, you will experience financial freedom like never before in your life. Amen? Could we bow our heads and pray for a second? God, we just want to thank you, Lord, for these brief moments, God, where we are sitting in your presence. And Lord, we know that you are in control every step of the way. We know that you are faithful. We know that you uh, continuously speak to your people through your Holy Spirit. God, I know that I cannot articulate as well as you have deposited in me. I cannot communicate in the way you have communicated to me. So, Lord, I pray that as you allow me to speak to your people, would you make up the difference? Would you be able to 
speak in their hearts what they need to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say amen and amen. Um, I was raised in, a, most of you guys know I was raised in a, a home and uh, we, we were a very poor household. Uh, my mother was the only one working. And um, uh, we, we had this thing, we, we were on this thing called, in Spanish it was called cupones. And it was on social, essentially it was social welfare. And uh, we were very, very poor. Like we were so poor, like I didn't know, I didn't know chicken didn't come out of a can until I was like an adult. You know what I mean? Like that's not, like for me, peanut butter, like we had the welfare peanut butter growing up. And uh, welfare, I don't know if you know, but welfare peanut butter gets stuck to the top of your roof, the roof of your mouth. Like when you are, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't know milk didn't come in powder form until I was like grown, you know what I mean? And that's, and, and, and we were so, when we would go to the store, I promise you, like I was a kid and I, you know, we would go to the store and we would, you know, right now you guys, we got it easy because we got, we got like a, a, a credit card, you know what I mean? But back in the day, it was like colorful money. I don't know if you guys remember, some of you guys are too young for that. It was actually, it was actually colorful, colorful money. And we would take it and I'd be, oh man, I'd be so ashamed. I'd go to the store and I'd be like, I'll try to like slide it under the register like, yeah. And then a pretty girl will walk by and be like, I'll see you back. I'll come back. I'll come back. I'm just not. <laughs> right? And, and, and those experiences, uh, uh, so the moment I, I, I grew up and at the age of 18, I, I, I got this job and I was making really good money and I started getting credit and I thought I was balling. I got myself a car and uh, uh, I was, again, I was making great money and I started getting credit cards. I started getting bank accounts and uh, opening up a savings account, opening up different bank accounts. And I was really, I was good. I was, I was fine. And I, I remember uh, going to the store and I remember, how many of you guys know when you get your first credit card, it's like $300? Right? You ever get that? You get so I remember having the $300 credit card and I remember having, uh, uh, eventually having this $5,000 credit card. Right, and I remember the three hundred dollar credit card. I would, um, I, I never thought that I would max out my five thousand dollar credit card. Never, right? And I remember that I would purchase. There was a time that I was purchasing something, and I remember the thing I was purchasing. What I was using was the limited credit card, which was the three hundred dollar credit card. And that three hundred dollar credit card could not pay for what I was trying to purchase. Don't be nosy. Don't ask me what I was trying to purchase. That's my business. I just, I'm in charge of my own credit card statements. You know what I mean? But here's the deal. I was also walking around with a higher limited credit card. All right? And that one could not only purchase what I was trying to purchase, but it could purchase it 10 more times. I thought about that because there is a card that has access to a $300 limit. And there was a card that had access, this card gave me access to a $5,000 limit. See, according to this card, I could not pay for what I was looking to pay. But according to this card, it said I could pay, and I could pay it three, four, five more times. You know what I mean? And this was my thought. I wonder sometimes if we are operating in life with the wrong card. See, oftentimes we, go around, we walk around with a card that gives us access to only what's limited. But there's a card that connects us to heaven that gives us access. Someone shout access. It gives us access to the unlimited. And I think that when you begin to realize in your walk with Jesus that you have access, someone shout access. When you have access to an unlimited supplier, when you have access to an unlimited God, when you have access to all that God has for your life and has destined and has promised for your life, let me tell you, you walk differently, you live differently, you, you carry yourself differently. You know why? You don't walk around with a scarcity mindset. You don't walk around with a stingy mindset. You don't walk around with a let me budget my love mindset. You walk around generously. You walk around munificently you walk around with arms open wide with hands open wide because you have access to the unlimited source called God called Jesus called our Savior called the generous ever Jesus Christ if you believe that give God some praise
Someone shout, I got access. See, and I want to talk to you because Timothy, right, he, he says, he says, he says to, he, he, uh, Paul, he says to Timothy, he says, listen, I want, to, I want you to tell the church. He says, I want you to tell the church. Timothy was pastoring a church, and he says, and Timothy was a young pastor. Young pastor kind of, I don't know if he was as good looking at me, as good looking as me, but he was a young pastor. All right? Everybody got different gifts. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> he gets to be in the Bible. I get to be good looking. Um, and so uh, he's talking to, t- <laughs> thank you, baby. He, he, he's talking to the church, and he says, hey, Timothy, it's like uh, the Apostle Paul was the spiritual father or the mentor of Timothy. Timothy is pastoring the church. Paul planted that church. He left Timothy behind to lead that church. And then he says, Timothy, I want you to teach my people. I want you to teach God's people. I want you to teach God's people his commands. I want you to teach God's people his principles. I want you to talk to God's people about the way of life that God has called them to live. And here's the deal. He was saying, hey, there's going to be people that are going to pose. And how many of you know that every time God gives you an opportunity to be obedient, the enemy is looking for a way for you to dishonor his disobedience. Uh, his, uh, uh, dishonor his obedience. See, God will call us to walk in obedience, and the enemy will always raise someone up to tell raise someone up to tell you that's not really what the Bible says. That's not really what God says. That's not really what. How many of you guys remember Adam and Eve? So he says, he, "What happened? God said you shall not eat of that fruit." And what happened? The enemy said he didn't say. He just says, "Is that really what God said?" I want you to reconsider what God said. And that's the thing, when we have convinced in our hearts that we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to follow his way of life, there's someone that always comes forth and says, is that really what you should be doing? Should you really be giving that much? Should you really spend that much time in church? Should you really uh, dedicate yourself at that degree? But how many of you know, we spoke about this last week, that there's a difference be- between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. Because the person of Jesus will get you to heaven, but the principles of Jesus will bring heaven to earth. Amen? And so I want to talk about that because he says, Paul begins his chapter by encouraging Timothy, who is considered his son in the faith, to teach these things to the church. And look what he says in the beginning of the chapter. He says, a God-like life gives us much when we are happy for what we have. Now watch this. This is crazy. It says, yet true godliness with contentment itself is great wealth. Wait, what do you mean it's great wealth? Uh, Contentment? Contentment? See, oftentimes we think contentment means settling. But I want to submit to you today that you have access to great wealth when you are content. It doesn't mean to settle. It doesn't mean to have aspirations. It means that you are content everywhere you are. The Apostle Paul said, I learned how to be content in the highs, and I learned how to be content in the lows. I learned how to be content when I had everything going for me, and I learned how to be content when nothing right was going for me. Because here's the deal. Sometimes we think that we are not going to be content until we can find enough money in our lives to create, to hang a nice big Jesus piece around our necks. But I came to submit to you today that you can be content. Why? Not because you got a Jesus piece around your neck, because you got Jesus's peace inside of your heart. He says, learn how to be content. And it means your relationship with money has to change. Here's the deal. There are people so poor that all they have is money. (laughs) See, I'm going to say that again. Thank you, Elizabeth. (laughs) There are people so poor that all they have is money. And see, oftentimes we think that we're only going to be content until We have all the money in the world. But what happens is that we get consumed and sucked into a lifestyle that continues to expand the border. And the more and more you gain, the more and more you want. And you end up becoming a victim to a system that is never satisfying, never fulfilled, and never leaves you content. He says, Timothy, I want you to teach this. I can imagine Timothy, Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. How, 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 of course we got money makes us happier. Of course. Let's get, we, I ha, we, we have to walk in 
Everybody says, listen, listen, listen. You got to learn how to be content where you are. And where you are settled in your heart. Not settling in life, but settled in your heart. You have peace. Not, not until you buy a Jesus peace around your neck, but you have Jesus' peace inside of your heart. And you walk settled. You walk content. You walk confident. It doesn't make sense to this world system, but guess what? It doesn't have to make sense to make faith. And it doesn't make sense for us. To, it doesn't make sense when God can do more with less. It doesn't make sense when God calls us to love those that hate us. It doesn't make sense when God called Gideon to defeat thousands of people in an army with only 300 people. It doesn't make sense when God tells Jericho to go in front of a wall and yell at it. Some of us would have been good at that already. He says, go yell at a wall and it's going to come down. See, some of you got that anointing already. I don't need to punch walls. All you need to yell at it. It doesn't make sense, but I didn't call you to make sense. I didn't call you to live a lifestyle that always makes sense. It doesn't make sense when God calls Peter to walk out of war, uh, uh, out of the boat and walk into water. But I want to, for 2017 and for Christ uncensored, I don't want to just live a life that makes sense. I want to live a life that calls me to walk in the faith that God has for me. Because when I begin, oh, come on, church. When I begin to walk in the faith that God has for me, it doesn't need to make sense as long as it makes Makes faith. See, see, I think sometimes we we get into this habit of thinking that money will bring us true satisfaction. And if if God would give you right now a million dollars, oh man, how, how would our life be? But you know the the suicide rate is higher with those that have more money than those that don't. See, I wonder sometimes that we desire. That which we don't have because we think that is the answer. But those that have it realize that is still not the answer. See, it doesn't need to make sense as long as it makes faith. And there are some of the richest people in the world, and they'll tell you at face value. They'll tell you. I spoke to, I interviewed a great urban philosopher. Urban philosopher. I don't know if you guys know him. Can I introduce you to him? Urban philosopher. His name is the Notorious B.I.G. And look what he says. He says, the more money... You make, the more problems you get. Can we give it up for the urban philosopher, the notorious B.I.D., Christopher Wallace? He says, he'll tell you at face value, more money, more problems. There's another urban philosopher, his name is Little Wayne, and look what he says. He says, too much money ain't enough money. You see the picture that's being painted here? He says, hey, the more, the more money, I think money will solve more problems. He says, man, the more money you get, the more problems you yeah, and here's little Wayne. He has a millionaire, has so much money. He says, too much money, it ain't never enough money. No matter how much money you have, it ain't never enough. Our relationship with our money has to change. Benjamin Franklin says this. He says, money never made a man happy yet, nor will it. The more a man has, the more he wants. And instead of filling a vacuum, it makes one. I don't, want, I don't want money for luxurious things. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, he's saying, he's saying, he's saying, he's saying, listen, you think that money will help you pay all the bills and help you have all this. And, 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 and it, it might solve some problems, but let me tell you, it'll, instead of filling a vacuum, it actually becomes one. Instead of it satisfying, it actually sucks the life out of you. Uh, and right before she passed, um, Whitney Houston says, he says, I had the car, I had the house, I had the family, I had the career, I had the dream life. But when I reached to the point where there was nothing more for me to achieve, whew, nothing more for me to obtain, I was left empty. Right before her, she says, listen, you know what you guys want? I had. You ever had that conversation with your kids? They... We've been there, done that. <laughs> they think they got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Bishop. And she says, listen, I got to the point where there was nothing else for me to obtain. How is it that I have it all, but I feel empty? And Paul says, learn how to be content, because when you walk in contentment, let me tell you, you have achieved great wealth. Great wealth. I love Jesus' words. 
Look what Jesus says. He says in Acts chapter 20, the apostle Paul once again says these words. He says, I was a constant example to you. Everybody say example. In helping the poor. For I remembered. I love this. I love this. He says, I remembered the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. He says, we are more happy when we give than we receive. What if I told you that the key to happiness in life was not how much you got, but how much you gave? I love Paul. Paul, the same, same guy we're talking about, Timothy, Philippians. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. This is the Apostle Paul saying this. And he says, I found a secret. I found a secret. Receiving is the bomb. It is awesome. But there's something better than that. Right? Like, it's like when you had um, Briars. Briars is awesome. But there's something better than that. Hagen dazs And everybody say, amen. He says, listen, listen, this receiving is awesome. That is fantastic. You get, that's awesome. But there's something better than getting. It's called Haagen-Dazs giving. He said, there's this, there's this contentment that you find when you give. He says, and I remember, the reason that I was able to give so much is because I had the words of my Savior and my God echoing in my mind. and saying, it is better to give than receive. 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 It is better to give. That's one of the things that are never quoted in any of the Gospels. But watch this. It is never quoted in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John never say this word from Jesus. It is better to give and receive. But the Apostle Paul says, I remembered it. My Savior says, it is better to give than receive. And every time that I gave to someone, that, vo that voice kept echoing. Could you imagine the, the voice of Jesus just echoing in your, in your heart and in your mind and said, it's better to give and receive. The reason I could be so generous is not because I'm generous. It's because I know that there are words echoing in my mind for my Savior saying, it is better to give than receive. Woo! And so uh, he, he goes to Timothy and, and he says this. He says, Give this command to those who are rich with the things of this world and tell them not to be proud. He says, tell them to hope in God, not in their money. Because money cannot be trusted. But God takes care of us richly. You know that when someone says someone cannot be trusted, typically it means that they feel trustworthy, but they're really not. See, when, when the Apostle Paul says, hey, uh, money gives this impression that it can be trusted and it can be relied on. But it can't, it can't really. And sometimes when we kind of give advice to people and we let it, hey, you know, so and so, they can't be trusted. Because they usually know that people will begin to trust them. And so I want to let you know, money can't be trusted. Is money a good thing? Absolutely. The Bible says nothing about Nothing about money. You know how people say money is the root of all evil? That's not true. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. See, what's evil is the love you have for it, not money itself. Are you hearing me? And, and, and I love this because he says, but God takes care of us richly. He said God takes care of you mediocre, mediocrely. God takes care of you sometimes. Nah, he says, God takes care of you richly. He says, money cannot be trusted. And here's what he's trying to say to you. He says, oftentimes you think money is your provider. Can I, can I speak to our church today? See, sometimes we think that money is our provider. But when money is your provider, what it provides is never going to be enough. See, when money is your provider, then your provision is limited. See, but when money is your provision, then you know your provider is God. Because when God is your provider, you don't see money as your provider. You actually see money as your provision. See, our relationship with money has to change. Because how many times have I thought that money was my provider? I, I went to money as my provider. I went to my career as my provider. I went to my job as my provider. But it's actually not my provider. God is my provider and money is my provision.
In other words, God gives me money. God gives me the tool. God gives me the resources. See, when money is your source, watch this. God wants to, God is the source. And God wants to entrust you with resource. And when money is your resource, you know that God is your source. But when money becomes your source, then the true source can't trust you with resource. I went too deep. That was too deep. See, God is looking, watch this, God is looking to bless you with finances so that you can bless people. God is looking to bless you with finances so that you can be a blessing to others. But many times when we look at money as our source, well, this is all I have, this is all mine, this is all I can, God is saying, no, then you are thinking that money is your provider. But money is not your provider. I'm your provider. Money is simply a provision that I've given you. If you believe that, give God some praise. And, and, and Paul says, God takes care of you richly. Paul is able to tell Timothy, who is his son in the faith, because it was personal. He says, you can't tell people who you're. Let me tell you something. He says, I want you to tell you, I want to tell you something, Timothy. I'm not speaking theoretically. I'm not telling you that God will supply and God will bless you richly theoretically. This is not idea. You ever had someone tell you something that you know they, they've never experienced? Like, I love when I get counseling from people that have never been married. You want to train me how to raise kids? You ain't never raised a kid in your life. Come on. Is anybody with me? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I appreciate your advice, but just have a couple. That's what I'm saying. Have a couple. That's it. Like, you don't know what I'm talking about. See, you're giving me advice theoretically. <laughs> but Paul is speaking from experience. And Paul is saying, Timothy, teach my people that God will provide for them richly. Why? Because in Philippians, he says, and my God, oh my God, I'm about to get excited. He says, and my God, he doesn't say our God. He makes it personal. He says, I've lived this thing. I've experienced this thing. I've walked in this thing. He says, it's my God who will provide, three words, all my needs. How? According to his riches. He doesn't say, he doesn't say according to to the good works you do. He doesn't say according to your bank account. He doesn't say according to your uh, money. He says according to my riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say ah, my God will supply some of our needs. He doesn't say God will supply some of our needs or all our needs according to uh, your financial statement. He doesn't say God will supply some of your needs. He'll supply your financial needs, but he doesn't have what it takes to uh, supply your emotional needs, your, your emotional needs. He says God or your physical needs. He says God will supply three words, all your needs, not according to what you have in your bank account, not according to what you have in your hands, but according to his riches in glory. He says, I've given you a card that has access. Anybody have the American Express black card that is unlimited? See me after church. I just want to talk to you. <laughs> he says, I've given you access to an unlimited supply. Man, I stopped. The, I, I made a decision a long time ago that God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. I did. I, I, made, a, I made a decision in my heart that I, I knew that God was my supplier. He was going to supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. And notice that word. He says according to. According to his riches. There's a difference between according to his riches and out of his riches. Catch this. Every word in the Bible is meaningful. It means something. And he says according to his riches, not out of his riches. Out of his riches, if I had $1,000, right, and you needed 500 and I supplied you money, and I gave you $100, those $100 were out of my riches, but not according to my riches. So he says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches. So I will supply until it's satisfied. In other words, there is no need too great that you can have that God cannot supply. 
I'm preaching better than you, amen. I will supply all your needs. There's no need too great that you possess that I cannot supply. Amen? And this is what I want to talk to about our church because I remember as a kid, uh, one of the, can we we just, we could take off the music. Um, I remember as a kid, one of the few memories that I have of my father, uh, there are two primary things that I really remember of my, uh, of my father. And, and I, I could say if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't live in the financial freedom that, that I live in today. Um, um, where I'm not mastered by money, but I master my money. Are you hearing me? Talk to me, church. Don't get quiet on me now. Just so the music stopped. Come on, man. Everybody like, oh, he asked the music to stop. The music about to get serious. Um, and so one of the primary ways, maybe I shouldn't have asked the music to be stopped. <laughs> one of the primary ways that we put our hope, Timothy says, uh, Paul says to Timothy, he says, don't put your hope in money, put your hope in God because he is your source. And one of the ways we declare that God will supply all our needs according to his glorious riches, one of the ways that we place our trust in God is uh, by giving him the first fruits of what he's given to us. Amen? Amen. And so uh, uh, I remember as a kid, my father, uh, I started shoveling. I used to love the snow because I used to make money at 14 years old shoveling snow. And uh, I remember at 14 years old, I would go and I would shovel like three or four houses. And for us at 14 years old, we would go up Snake Hill. And I don't know if you live in Snake Hill, but for us, we used to call it the rich people houses. You know what I mean? <laughs> I said, we did. Um, and I remember my father, when we would come home, uh, or any time that I received an allowance, any time that I received some type of monetary uh, gain, my father would sit me down. There's two things that my father always taught me. Number one was tithing. And number two was fasting. Those are two things that till this day that I really have etched in my heart. And again, I, uh, you guys have heard, speak, heard me speak about the relationship I have with my father. Um, but those are two things that my father ingrained in me. Uh, one of them, he, the third thing he tried but it didn't work, and that was to play guitar. So I'm, his, I'm my father's disappointment because I never learned how to play guitar. Um, but my son is learning how to play guitar. Hallelujah, holla back. And so uh, it, it's fasting and, and it's tithing. And I remember I used to come home with like about, about $150 of, of uh Busting my grill, shoveling that snow at 14 years old. I remember he would sit me down and he would say, hey, man, I, I want to teach you this principle. You have $150. I want you to take 10% of that. And this is what the Bible teaches us. It teaches us to take 10% of what God has given you. And I was like, at first I was like, I was really open to it. But at first I was like, um, I just spent three to four hours shuffling someone's garage I got $150. He would say, okay, now we're going to take 15 of those dollars. We're going to put it in an envelope, and we're going to give it to God on Sunday. And so from a very young age, and I love this because, uh, man, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to see. We were here in our, in our uh, huddle earlier today, and I, I'm so blessed to see a young girl like Emily Murray. <sighs> Emily Murray bl- blesses my life. She came to this church when she was 13 years old. Oh, there she is. She's going to make you cry. <laughs> she came to this church when she's 13 years old. And I've seen her develop in such a woman of God. And she's 17 years old. She just turned 17 last week. Amen. Can we give it up? 17 last week. And I know just seeing her grow and develop. And I remember she got her first job. And she's like, Pastor Rowe. She came to me excited. It's like, Pastor Roy, I watch this. I love this. I love this. She says, I get to tithe now. Like five people got excited. She was like, Pastor Roe, I got it. She was more excited that she gets to tithe than she got the job. Do you hear that? Because she's like, I love that God provided me a job so that I could be a blessing to others. I get to bring the tithe. 
to God. I get to bring the tithe. And again, she's been working for the last two years, and she's been bringing her tithe unto God. And I say that because it's something at such a young age that we are teaching our kids to be set free from money and not to let money master them. Are you hearing me? And just the same way my father taught me how to tithe. He said, take 10%. And I, let me see. Let me tell you something. For the last 20 years, I'm not going to even look at my notes. For the last 20 years of my life, I've been bringing the tithe to God. Amen. Last 20 years of my life. I want to be honest with you, and I share this not as a, uh, not as a braggadocious type of statement, but more as, a, as the way the apostle Paul spoke to his spiritual son, Timothy. He said, son, I want you to teach my people how to be munificent. I want you to teach, and the way you are going to teach them how to be munificent is let them know that God has them covered. Let them know that God has a blessing for their life. Let them know that God is ready to pour out the windows of heaven. And so this principle of tithing is a way where God says, put me first in your finances and see what I will do in your life. Notice I say, bring your tithe and not give your tithe. See, Malachi, can we go to Malachi chapter 5? I'm just going to, real quick. Malachi says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of, heaven of uh, heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven over your life and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take in. Try it. You ever told your kids, try it? Try it. See what happens. This is God telling us, yo, try it. See what happens. Try it. Put me to the test, right? But look what he says in the New Testament. He says, well then, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. What does that mean? He, he was, that was the government. Uh, you guys pay taxes. You give taxes to who it belongs taxes. He says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what, what? Belongs to God. <laughs> See, in this scripture right here, Matthew chapter 3, he says, they were talking about, like, how have we robbed you? And he says, oh, we robbed, you robbed because you have taken what belongs to me, which is what? The first 10. And I used to be scared about preaching about this. You know that? I used to be scared. I used to be like, oh, man, you know, people. But I, I learned this throughout the years of ministry that I'd rather disappoint people and not be disobedient to God. See, because I want to encourage people to walk in this freedom that I enjoy. I don't ever feel obligated to give what belongs to God. You know why? Because it doesn't belong to me. Anybody got car keys real quick? Car keys, car keys, car keys. Come, 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 come. And car keys right here. Frank gives me his car keys. I'm like, thank you, man. Thank you. I take his car. I go driving around. I'm chilling. Thank you, man. Thank you for this blessing. He says, here are my car keys. I come back to Frank. I said, Frank, I've been praying. And the Lord put in my heart. I want to bless you today. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel in my heart. I'm going to bless you right back with your car keys. Amen. Put it in my heart. See, when, when I bring this back to Frank, I'm simply bringing back to him what belongs to him. Amen. See, that's what 10% means. It's saying, God, you have given me 100% of what I have and you're saying if I give you the first portion of it, you credit it as if I'm giving you everything. And many times we say, watch this, many times, church, we say we're giving our tithe. And I want to change our language. We are bringing our tithe. Uh, at, at once a year, I want to teach this church on how to be a bringer. We bring our worship every Sunday. We bring people every Sunday. And we get the awesome opportunity the way uh, uh, Emily said it. She says, I get to bring the tithe to church. I get to bring. And, and, and we bring. See, I'm simply, I'm sorry. I'm simply bringing back what belongs to Frank. Are you hearing me? I'm bringing back what belongs to him. And when I bring back to God what belongs to him, which is the first 
Not any 10% is the first 10%. So when I do my bills, I don't even count on the first 10. Why? Because it doesn't belong to me. Pastor Roe, but it's so hard. But it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. I want us to look at our paycheck from now on. Watch this. This is not about, trust me, all oh, the church always want my money. No. We're going to do just fine. Trust me. It's not about that. It's about us walking in a freedom that we are not mastered by our bills. Because we look at our paycheck and we use the wrong B word, bills, instead of using the right B word, belong. And blessing. I love that. I'm going to put that in my notes for next week. Are you hearing me? And so, thank you, Frank. And so, what is a tithe? Help me out here, Drew. Come here. A tithe is a dime. You guys got your dime in your envelopes today? Did everybody get a dime? If you, ha- if you don't have an envelope with a dime on it, can you raise your hand? We want to give you one. We want to give you one today. Huh? You didn't get a dime? I ain't got a dime. We need an envelope. Look at your envelope today. It has a dime on it. And it's reminding, if, you, if, if, our, if our love team could come and just give them a, an envelope with a dime on it. And this is a representation. <clears throat> Amen. And uh, hold this dollar real quick. Hold this dime. Just hold them up for me. See, a 10, 10% is, so I've heard people say, Pastor Roy, I give my tithe. It's, it's 2% of my income. That's not a tithe. That's an offering. But God calls us to give us the first fruits. You know how times, I love people, uh, you know, good-hearted people, they say, I gave all I had. Yeah, Pastor Roy, all I had was like two bucks, and I gave all I had. No, no. When we see the widow, and she gives all, our, all she had, it's not she, all she had left over. It's all she had, okay? Not all she had left over. In other words, the idea there, she says, it says she gave two mites, which means she actually had to save up for it to have some value. So she saved up all she had in order to give. Not she wasted all her money. All she had was two mites and then gave that. Is there a difference? And so it's a dime out of every dollar. It is a dime out of every dollar. It is a penny out of Every dime. And so for the last 20 years of my life, I'm getting way too old. Too old. <laughs> for the last 20 years of my life, I've walked in this principle. And guess what? About 40% of our church is walking in this type of principle. That we say we're going to take 10% of what God has given us and we're going to give it right back to him. That, that, doesn't, that means this. It's not about the amount. It's about the amount he's given you. So guess what? If God has given you $500 a week, what does a tenth of that look like? Say it. Can I teach, church? Can I teach? It's $50 out of, if God has given you $1,000 a week, what does that look like in the kingdom? You bring to him $100. You, You take a dime out of every dollar, and you bring it to God, and you say, God, you are first. And when you put God first, the pastor's going to use it. Do you see these clothes? All these clothes were given to me, okay? I don't even buy clothes. This is my brother's shoes. This is my brother's shirt. I don't know how I got this. This is so that we can bless the kingdom of God. Everybody say, a dime out of every dollar. Thank you so much. You can keep that. You can keep that. <laughs> now, now, may, see, matter of fact, Dre, come here, come here, come here, come here. Danny, come here. This is what happens. Watch this, watch this. Danny on this side, I, I, I've, and I've, I've uh, had these conversations. People talk to me, I guess because I'm a pastor, people ask me questions. People ask me questions all the time, and I love it because I love answering these questions. And then we have a, a brother says, Pastor Roy, I just can't afford it. Can I be honest with you? You cannot afford to tithe until you tithe. Because the moment you begin to tithe, you put God first. And when you put God first, 
what's going to happen? The enemy's going to come and say, Psh, you're going to see what's going to happen now. Psh, you, huh. So he says, Timothy, tell my people to walk by my principles. Tell my people. And then we begin to believe the lie of the enemy. I said, oh, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. God says, test me in this. It is the only time that God is saying to test him. Right? So for the person that can't afford it, it's two things. Typically when people can't afford it, it's two things. Materialism or financial stewardship. In other words, they're living beyond their means. You're living beyond your means. Okay? Guess what? If you have, this, this is the kingdom. Maybe God's not calling us to have two cars but put him first in our, in our finances. Amen. Right? In our, so stewardship, stewardship, there's nothing wrong with two cars, by the way, but not at the expense of putting God first. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we might need the music. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting way too quiet. But a little bit low, a little bit low. And so, and so we want to teach God's people financial stewardship. You know what that looks like? This is what I teach my kids right now, to, to this day. My son started working. It's three words. So, everybody say so. so. Save, save, spend. Save. Say so, so. Save, save, and spend. spend. So, so. Save, save, and spend. You want to see financial steward, stewardship? It's saying, hey, brother, God has given you $100. You take $10 and you give it to God. You take $10 and you save it, put it in your bank account. And you say, okay, God, I'm going to maximize as much as I can with this 80% left. Okay? You want to live in financial freedom? Start there. That's just the starting point. We learned about that in the last time, right? The starting point is I give God my first fruits. I sow into the kingdom. I save 10% and I live off 80% of what God has given me. I've been doing that, and by, by the grace of God, I've never lacked in anything. And there are people here that have experienced the same thing. And let me tell you something. It's not something that can be done grudgingly. Because when you start doing grudgingly, other people get blessed by what you give, but you don't in, enjoy the blessing of it because you're giving grudgingly. So if you're going to give like this, fine, Pastor O. Don't give. Can I be honest? Don't give. It's okay. We're fine. Nobody's going to die. We're gonna, we, we could be here as long as we want. Financially, we're all right. It's not about that. It's about what God wants to do in your life. So no, nobody wants to give, well, you to give grudge. Fine, Pastor O. Take all my money. Here you go, Jesus. No, God don't want that. God don't want that. God wants you to allow him to minister to you where you say, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to give you, I'm going to sow my first 10%. You know there's people here that give 20%? You know there's people that give, that give 15% in their generosity? So start 10%. You sow. You sow into the kingdom. Every Sunday, every time you get a paycheck, guess what? I go on GiveLify. Every time I get a paycheck, I go on GiveLify. And I, don't get, I don't, and I get paychecks from everywhere, okay? I'm still getting royalties from the music that I put out 10 years ago, okay? I tithe from that. Why? Because it don't belong to me. God gave me it. It belongs to him. I tithe from that. I tithe from every source of income that God gives me. If I do 100 times of overtime, I give God the first 10%. Amen? Amen. And I take 10%, I sow the other 10, and I live off 80. Okay? So people that can't afford it. And then there's people that make too much money. Oh, Pastor Roe, of course they could tithe because they only make $500 a week. That's only 50 bucks. I make way too much money. I make... Do you know how much my tithe would be, Pastor Ro? I, you know what I love? I love people that say, when I, get, when I win the lotto, I'm going to buy the church a building. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because <laughs> if you don't know how to walk in financial freedom right now, you won't be able to walk in financial freedom later. If you cannot tithe off $100, you'll never be able to tithe out of a million dollars. Because a tithe out of a million dollars is $100,000. All right? <laughs> and so there, there are people that make, Pastor Rowe, my tithe would be $500 every week. I, I wouldn't be able to tithe that. I'm sorry. All right, so we're just going to pray that God lower your income. 
to a place. Let's come on. Let's come in agreement. Father, right now, how much does it need to be lower for you to tithe? Okay. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get it? I'll make too much money. My, my tithe will be way too much. So let's pray that the Lord, the Lord lower your income so that you could tithe. And the people that can't afford it, well, how much do you need to make? Oh, I don't know. Well, that's because it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Amen? Amen. And God wants us to deal with our heart so that he could deal with our hands. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want to bless somebody today. Uh, Emily, come here. Come here. This is sometimes what we look like right here. Yo, I love you, man. I love you. I want you to put that in your pocket. I'm being so generous with these dimes right now. <laughs> put your hand in your pocket. Huh? <laughs> That's right. I got more where that came from. See, oftentimes, do you have it? Do you have it? <laughs> See, oftentimes, we are, God is trying to get us. God is getting, no, hold back, hold back. Don't let me grab you. God is trying to, hey, come on. Let me put something in your hands. And you're holding on to it. All right, now, get the dime out. <laughs> Hold on to it. And we're trying to get God to, and, and, and God is trying to pour into our hands. And he can't because we're holding on to what belongs to him. See, but God is saying, if you begin to release what's in your pocket from heaven, I, <laughs> I begin to release what's in my pocket. And, and, and when God is pouring out a blessing, you can't receive it because your hands are closed. But when you allow God to open up your heart and open up your heavens, he could pour out a blessing in your life that you cannot receive or hold on to. It says, open up your hands. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can keep that. John is like, why can't you use me in these examples? Lewis, can you come here for a second? I want to bless somebody today. We learned that we sow 10, we save 10, and we live off 80. Right? This is what God wants us to do. So I want, I want you to put me first, but I want you to also walk in financial stewardship. And so... When God begins to bless you, Lewis. By the way, I know Lewis for like 15, 16 years. Yeah, we go way back. How much is there, Lewis? How much is there? You can tell he's used to counting money. $100. Now, you ask me, Pastor Roe, which is the tithe? Which is the tithe? How do I know which is the tithe? The first one that leaves your hand. That's the tithe. So, God's going to bless you with this. This is yours. That's yours. Where are you going? I want you to apply this principle right now before everyone. What does that mean, Lewis? At the first 10. Huh? Wow, he said, I'm going to give it all to God. Amen. But for the sake of the illustration, don't be messing up my illustration. 
Take, take nine bills out of there. You're going to put, you got the first one here. Where's the offering basket? I'm going to bring it to God. Put it right here. Take the, take the next 10. Where's the other 10? I want you to put it in this envelope, and I want to put this in your savings account. I'll put that in your pocket. And I want you to take 80%. And if you don't want to keep it, bless somebody with it. But that's a blessing from God to your life. Just like every paycheck, just like every sense of provision that he's given you. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. God is looking to pour out blessing on your life. Blessing over your life. He says, put me first. Use financial stewardship and save. And then live with joy with the rest of what I've given you. Oh, 10% is too much. I thought 90% was too much. I get to keep 90. Amen? I wonder what it would look like at this church at Christ Uncensored. We have 40% of this church financially tithe. So there's about 80 people in this church. And you say, Pastor Roy, how could I help out financially? I want you to ask yourself these three questions. These three questions. Well, this one question, how can you help Kuhau continue to be a generous church? I know, I know we're past our time, but how can you help Kuhau be a generous church? Number one, we're going to start. Can we put that? I believe this. I believe in this. We're going to call it, starting today, the T90X Challenge. Woo! Watch out now. The T90X Challenge. What does that mean? Tithe 90 days and see God multiply. Begin to give your first 10% unto God for the next 90 days and see God multiply in your life. And it doesn't mean, oh, I'm just going to tithe 90 days and that's my expiration date. No. See, this is just seeing when you create a habit of putting God first. Start living a habit. Start building a habit of giving God first. What belongs to him. So you make $400 a week. Give God 40. Save 40 and live off the rest. I can't. Then we have to work on financial stewardship. And we have to learn how to walk in faith. And he said, tell my people that I will supply all their needs according to my glorious riches. See, Some of us have stopped doing what God has called us to do. Because we've allowed the lies of the enemy to penetrate our minds and say, this, this tithing thing don't work. Don't. It's all about you, man. Who's going to pay your bills? Is God going to come and turn on your light when they turn it off? And Maybe you should let God deal with your heart a little bit more. So the first thing I want to say, if last year we did something called the 40-40 challenge. And what does that mean? It took 40 people to, it takes 40 people to give $40 for that this church can run smoothly. But we're not doing that this year. Because the 40-40 challenge, though it's a blessing and though it begins generosity, it's not a biblical principle. I think God is calling us to walk in biblical principles this year. And say, God, I'm going to give you the first 10% of my income. And I'm going to be faithful and committed to do that for the next 90 days. And I believe that my God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. If you believe that, give God some praise in the house. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give. 
or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.